Welcome in to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. We had to take a week or so off, but I'm back today and I'm back for you guys. We've received a ton of feedback about our Squid Game segment being difficult to piece together. And it does make sense. That series spanned about a month or so during the fantasy football season. So they're kind of mixed in with a lot of NFL content. So you're sitting there probably admiring a photo of my gorgeous hair, thinking to yourself, what are you going to do about it, Tony? I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. I'm putting them back to back to back to back to back. So put your feet up, grab an adult beverage, lean back, and enjoy. And that segment is the 58 West King Squid Games. A few months back, we used some of the league's stimulus money to hire a private investigator. And what we found was that all of our current and a few past members had substantial sports gambling debts. So what did we do? Well, we lured them all onto an island with a promise to erase their financial debts. And in upcoming episodes, to include this one, at least one manager is going to be eliminated until only one manager is left standing. So in addition to our current 12 managers, we found dirt on Josh Broyles, Mark Porter, Daniel Felice, and the biggest degenerate of them all, our only Hall of Fame member, David Esteban Richter. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into round one. Let's hear how it went for our managers, what was the event, and who'd we lose? This is the front mess speaking. Preparations for the first game are complete. You can begin now. So first round, it's red light, green light, right? They're pretty chalk on our island when it comes to the 58 West King Squid Games. So I'll also tell you that this gambling debt is tough. I've been talking to way too many parlays, and here I am risking life and limb, fighting for my life out here. So uh, I'm dying in the first round because it's red light, green light, and you have to be completely still. Otherwise, you're dead. I have the worst case of restless leg syndrome you've ever seen. I can't, I gotta be moving, I gotta be paid. I think it's all those years of working retail where you're always mm-hmm. on the move, you're always on the go. I can't stand in one place. I was on a plane today for four hours, five hours. It was just like, ah, uh, just, you know, stretch it, move my neck. I, I, I'm done. I'm not making it past round one. I am out. And then, you know, not just me, but Mark Porter, he's out. The Jack Black looking motherfucker. He's done. He's twitchy. He's he's doing guitar riffs while the music's playing, and then it stops. And he's like, "Oh shit!" And then, dude, done. He's trying to do inward singing. It's not ideal for red light, green light at all. Yeah, not not ideal for red light, green light. Unfortunately, me and Mr. Mark Porter are meeting our demise in round one of the '58 West King Squid Games. Welcome back to our second installment of the '58 West King Squid Games. Last week we kept it simple. We played red light, green light. And we lost two managers, Matt Graham, the co-host over here, and we lost Mark Porter, our resident Jack Black lookalike. So we're still 14 managers strong, and we're looking to trim some fat with this next round. I'll cover the game we're playing, and then Matt's going to go ahead and break down how the game went for our managers. For this round, we wanted to introduce a game of focus, determination, and something that challenged our competitors' ability to remain calm under pressure. We picked the classic and well-respected game Honeycomb. 
In this Korean game, players have to carve out a shape that's lightly imprinted on a piece of caramelized sugar with a needle without breaking the shape itself. The timer was set to 10 minutes, and the shape was a piece. This is the front mess speaking. You can begin now. So, Matt, let's hear how our managers did in this second round. They did well. Everyone knows. The 58 West King is not known for our football prowess. We are known for how we handle p***s. Widely known fact. <laughs> and in no shock here, all managers, all 14 of them, handled their p***s very respectably. They were gentle. They were smooth. They were quick. They were nimble. And they etched them all out. Every single manager got through the challenge without air and all lived past this game. I saw some of the footage. Were they licking it? Oh, they were licking it. They were spitting on it. They were rubbing it. At one point in time, David was doing something weird with his eyes to it. I don't even know. He was like hypnotizing it. I didn't know you could do that, but it worked because he was the first one done. Good for him. But yeah, it went well. Went well for the managers this round. This was crazy. This was the round where we were supposed to take out about half the field, and things did not go as planned. Things did not go the way we intended them to go. They should have probably given them like a vagina imprint on a cookie. I mean, none of them know how to deal with that. I'm already dead. That would have been my, you know, that would have been where I would have been best, but I was already dead in the last round, so I wouldn't have doesn't matter. I didn't make it. But yeah, they would have all been dead. It's really, really solid performance, guys. Uh, I did hear, and I saw a little footage, they had some trouble in their quarters after the event. Do you know what happened? What was going on in the quarters? It's tough. You know, I have access now to the backstage area, and it's tough when you get a lot of confident people in the same room, all trying to win the same game, right? They're all battling to get rid of their parlay debts. And sometimes things don't go to plan in the game, and people don't die. But some managers felt that they needed to take it on themselves to make sure people did die. A fight was broken out. We're not sure how it started. Something about three inches being better than, I don't even know. Neither here nor there. But a fight ensued. Fight broke out. And four managers, David, Smoothie, Nate, and Trey, teamed up, locked arms, and just whipped four other managers to death. Four managers died. Six. Six managers died. Two of them were hidden underneath the other four. I didn't even even realize that those other two had died. It was something that I have never seen nor wish to see again. But yeah, David Smoothie, Nate and Trey murdered Jason, Albert, Wayne, who did not see it coming. Brandon, Tony, and Josh Callis, who was high on life, just finished up his wedding. But he's now dead, and that's unfortunate. I'm sorry to your widow, Brittany Callis. She'll be okay. She has a good group of friends and family out there that will take good care of her. Yeah, that footage was insane. We're going to have to go back and watch it. The lights were out, so we had to go to like an IR type view, but tragic turn of events. You know, all we have left are the gang, David, Smoothie, Nate and Trey, and then Felice, Broyles, Navarro, and Allen. So we're down to eight. Not what we saw coming, but it's kind of the outcome that we wanted after this round. So I think we'll take it. We'll take it. It was primal. It was, dare I say, arousing. Yes. Yeah, we'll take it. We will take it. All right, so the field is narrowed in that surprising turn of events. I've got to say I'm rooting for Felice, Josh Broyles, Julie Navarro, and Allen. The other murderous swine don't deserve to win this thing. I'm looking forward to round three next week, so stay tuned for that. I'm looking to round three in which you and me decide all of the outcomes of this hypothetical games. It does not bode <laughs> well for the people we don't like, just FYI. They're going down tragically. I can't wait. We're here for the third round of the 58 West King Squid Games. Last round, we lost a lot of managers. Everyone made it through the actual game. 
but a brawl took place once we shut the lights off and put everyone to bed. Once the dust settled, we were left with Julian, Josh Broyles, Alan, Daniel Felice, David, Smoothie, Trey, and Nate. So eight managers, all in debt, all looking for a way out, a way back to their families, a second chance at life. So as always, I'll set up the game, and then Matt's going to go ahead and recap the events of this round. In this game, our participants were asked to team up with someone prior to being told the rules of the game. Once everyone found their partner, we moved our teams to a 58 West King lookalike set. The house, the garage, the beer pong table, Phillips Bronco, everything was there. The teams ended up being Julian and Josh Broyles, two of our friendlier managers, Greenhill and his buddy Daniel Felice. They were BFFs once upon a time in Utah. Nate and Trey, two of the more competitive guys uh, remaining in this competition. They felt like they could beat anybody in this unknown game. And then Smoothie and David. The look in the eyes of Nate and Trey gave me the impression that they were confident that they smelled blood in the water. So you kind of got that feeling from them. So once all the players were on our set, we handed each manager a bag of 10 marbles. We let the teams know that the goal of the game was to earn all 20 marbles between each pair playing any game of their choice and that violence was not allowed. An armed guard followed each pair into the arena and the timer was set to 10 minutes. This is the front mess speaking. You can begin now. Talk about a out of left field hook. Tell these people to team up. And little do they know, they're facing off. Right. Out of left field. Crazy shock value. This is this is next level. Right. You pick the person you think you want. I want that guy on my side to beat yeah. all these other schmucks. Spoiler alert. Now you have to face against that same guy. And one of you, one of you is not going to make it. One of you is going to die. You have 10 marbles. They have 10 marbles. And you have to find a way to get their 10 marbles. And they have to find a way to get your 10 marbles. How do you do it? They could choose to play a game. They could choose to talk, reason. Things got crazy. So let's start with our first one. Let's go. Let's go right off the bat. Let's throw the heat. It's Nate and Trey, right? We've got Nate Molinay versus Trey Schleister, and they are su- uber competitive. And they're looking at each other, and they're realizing we fucked up. If we picked any other person, we would have won handily, but we picked each other. So what do we do? What happens when an, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? Nate appeals to Trey's sense of emotion. He says, look, man, I got two girls. I'm out here. I'm a single dad. I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> I'm fighting for my life out here, Trey. I got these girls, man. You got you got your wife. and you got boys too, but if I go, where do they go? I don't know. You do know. Trey sheds a tear, wipes the waves. He's right, man. You're right. Hands over the marbles. Nate takes the marbles. Trey gets shot in the neck. The guard missed the head. And then Nate's scarred for life. He just has to watch Trey bleed out right in front of him. Pretty, pretty brutal shit. But that's how that went down. Oh, man. It was rough. I'm tearing up right now. Woof. Having to relive this. Next up, we have David versus Smoothie. Richter himself versus Smoothie. So correct me if I'm wrong. David's in the 5-5 five, five to 5-8 five, range, depending on if you're looking at real stats or combine stats. You know how that goes. Smoothie is 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". He's tall, and he's kind of hunched over, too, so he's probably even taller. So David looks up at him, up, up at him. and says, look, man, I saw what Nate did. He appealed to motion. It worked. He's thinking that. He didn't say that. He's like, look, man, here's the deal. You've lived your entire life at 6'4". I've lived my entire life at 5'5". 
that's at least 25% of the life you've lived as a tall man. I haven't seen the top of anyone's head in years, unless it's children. And I'm never around children. I don't really like children. Come on, man. Let me live the rest of this life as a short man. It's just as much as you've lived this life as a tall man. Smoothie's a nice guy. He folds. He's like, I've lived this whole life at 6'4". I've never had to shave once. Been a pretty good run. Been a pretty good run. Hands over to Mars. Richter wins. Watching Smoothie fall after they shot him, that was, that was something else. It was a long fall. It was a tall fall. <laughs> He's a tall guy. Took a little while for him to hit ground. You're just waiting. Also, people need to know that this 58 West King set is legit. We even got a beer pong table covered in guacamole vomit straight out of Tony's mouth. This is next level good stuff. Tony's still in the toilet. Mo's bed is flipped. His box spring is on top of his, his mattress. Everything. We spared no expense. I mean, the people of this game spared no expense to make this look like realistic. That's right. Next up, we have Green Hill versus Felice. So Felice saw the video of Green Hill chugging a beer. The effort was there. The execution was was not good. No. And he realized, was like, Felice is like, I've been drinking. I've been putting beer down like a champion for years. Green Hill's been his whole life and has not learned how to chug beer. Let's give him a few more years to try. In my honor, Green Hill, chug some beer, get it right. Felice gives the 10 marbles away. He goes down. Got to relax the got to relax the throat, Alan. Yeah, sometimes it's tough for some people to relax their throat. It's weird. Comes natural for some of us. Others, not so much. Yeah, some of us share a bunk bed with our uncle for years. Others, anyway. I don't even know what that. <laughs> and in our final matchup, we have Navarro versus Broyles. Julia Navarro versus Josh Broyles facing off. This is a tough one. This was tough for both of them. But Broyles is uh, riding high with that Atlanta Braves World Series victory. Just. Mm-hmm. You could talk him into doing anything right now. He has never been happier. You could talk him into a lot of things. Julian probably should have talked him into more things, but all Julian did was talk him into giving him his marbles. He probably could have talked him into better stuff. But he said, you know what, man? You got to give me your marbles. Your team just won the World Series. It's all downhill from here. I've got a lot of life to live. I am deep inside the underground thong market. And without me, that thong market goes goes away. It does. We need that. The league needs that. The underground thong market needs that. You can't just get rid of Pablo Escobar and expect to thrive. Well, you can because people love But without Julian Navarro, the thong market goes to So this is a pretty easy decision for Royals. Factoring everything in, the Braves winning, Julian's thong attachments. Gives up the marbles. Navarro wins this round. This was the right move. This was the right move for all involved. Another sad one, too, because there's, there's kids involved. And Julian's got a son. Josh, he's got, you know, a, a son and a, a daughter. I think they're in elementary school. So, yeah, it's another another tearjerker, this one. We don't like doing this. We don't choose to do this. This is we just don't, what we happens. We don't want to do this back here behind these microphones. Guys, we we play the hand we're dealt, and these are the hands that you dealt us. Yeah, this is your fault. Stop betting on the Bengals in a parlay to beat the Jets, and you won't be here. Our group chat is is titled Never Parlay. You guys did this to yourself. So, so look in the mirror. Next time you're looking for someone to blame, person's right there. It's right there in front of you. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's in the mirror. It's Joe Burrow. All right. Unexpected turn of events, I'm sure, for our managers. You know, you go in, you think you're getting teamed up with someone you can rely on, only to learn that you have to take out that person to make it to the next round. It's just sad stuff. Very emotional. Uh, but next week, we've got some Champions League 
dignitaries flying into our remote island to observe our fourth round. So we'll begin making preparations for those guys once we're done recording here. Thank you for that recap, Matt. That was phenomenal. Dignitaries? There's nothing dignified about the Champions League. No, we got some VIPs coming. Very important That's right. It's the 58 West King Squid Games. Last week, our participants received a curveball. They had to negotiate their futures, and they had to watch an ally die just moments after picking them to stand by their side. We're left with Nate, David, Julian, and Alan. We have representation from our New Mexico, California, Colorado, and our Utah groups, and that definitely was not planned. Did we plan that, Matt? We didn't plan that. I don't plan anything. They're the ones doing this. I don't we're recapping what actually happened. This is in no way fictional or storytelling where we make decisions. This exactly. is what's happening in the 58 West King Squid Games that are currently happening in our simulator right now. We spent a lot of money. We spent all of our budget that we didn't spend on the Richter episode on the simu- the 58 West King Squid Games simulator. Ooh, got that out first try. All right. That was good. That was a tongue twister. All right. This is our fourth installment of the Squid Games here on the show. And as always, I'll explain the game. And then I'll hand it off to Matt for a breakdown of what happened after we started the timer. Before I reveal this round's game, I just wanted to remind folks that we had several dignitaries from the Champions League on location to watch the games and engage in some degenerate gambling. We had Sir Matthew Kendall from OGV. We had the Duchess of Taco Corp, Clint Evans. And then we had Andrew of House Medina out of Meaty Clackers. These guys were all in their robes with drinks in hand as this round got underway. I heard that they also bet heavily on Nate to not only win the round, but the competition as well. So for round four, participants were led into a room with four jerseys displayed, numbered one through four. They were given no instructions as to the meaning, but after a few minutes, they started grabbing them one by one. Julian went first, and as a lifelong Brett Favre fan, selected number four. Next, David grabbed number three. David's been into Formula One and recently started watching 90s vintage Dale Earnhardt, so no surprise there. Next, Greenhill sprinted to the jerseys and snatched number two in honor of his all-time favorite Ute, Zach Moss. Nate, after watching his opponents grab their numbers, casually strolled over, gave Julian a seductive look, grabbed jersey number one, and put it on. The dignitaries, already having placed their bets, all voiced their displeasure in Nate's choice. After everyone had their jerseys on, they were led to a platform suspended well over 100 feet above the concrete ground, A dark bridge separated them from an illuminated platform on the other side. Darkness was all around our competitors. A few moments passed before spotlights were turned on, illuminating the bridge. Our competitors could see eight rows of glass panels making up the surface of the bridge, and then there were two in each row. A voice echoed down to them. Contestant number one, prepare to cross the bridge. In Korean, obviously. This is the front mass speaking. You can begin now. Yeah, so tough break for for Nate boy over there, for Naderade, the vinegar strokes. He's got to now navigate these platforms first. Not ideal. The other people can see where he messes up. Julian's in the best spot here because, you know, he gets to watch three other contestants move down the bridge and learn from their mistakes. But Nate goes out. Nate's a confident man. He's all of 6'1 and just handsome as shit. Picture he posted on Facebook yesterday. Whew. You can even see his his nipple. That's the picture quality we have nowadays, folks. You can see his like 
left nipple through his shirt in the picture. He could. Definitely an iPhone. If that's not an iPhone commercial, I don't know what is, because it's definitely not an Android phone. Anyway, so Nate struts out on the platform, starts walking. First panel, good. Glass. Second panel, glass. Third panel, he hits glass again. He changes sides and hits glass again. As he's doing this, the guys behind him are like, what the shit? So they, they get out on the bridge. Like, all right, well, let's follow him as closely. We don't want to forget what he's doing. Nate's on a heater. That's smart. Fourth row, glass. Fifth row, he stays on the same side again, crazy, and hits glass. He is, pfft, Nate's killing it. The dignitaries are starting to feel more confident about their bet. They're getting like, you know, the first to score, the first to cross. They got him. They're getting excited. Sixth row, glass. Seventh row, he hits glass again. And he looks up and he can kind of see a weird illumination from the bridge. And he's like, oh, I know which one's glass. So in true Deshaun Jackson, letting the football go beyond the end zone, he turns around to give the other contestants the bird, steps into not glass, falls 100 feet, screaming the whole way, and lands first on the concrete, breaking his blood goes everywhere he dies. <laughs> Pretty rough way to go. That's why you're supposed to hold on to the football when you cross the end zone. That's why you should always watch where you're going on the glass panels. We, we thought for a moment that all of our competitors beat our game again, just for a moment. But what Nate did do was show everyone else the way. All three people come across no problems because they see where he should have stepped when he had his back turned to the platform and fell, and they went the opposite way, and they finished. In order, Greenhill, David, Julian, all cross, all good to go. I hate when that happens. You hate to see a guy go seven straight panels and then fall through on the last one. And here's the unfortunate part, because his did not break his fall. I mean, it's good size, but it wasn't big enough to break his fall. It only kept him from hitting the ground about eight inches before he would have hit the ground. It's probably all painful, and he got an halfway across. He started getting hyped up on his own juices, getting hyped up on his own prowess. Went from six to midnight at about panel six, and then you guys heard the rest. It's pretty unfortunate. Pretty bad way to go. All right, tough break there for Nate. Uh, Looking forward to how the remaining competitors fare in our final round. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 58 West King Squid Games. You're probably wondering why we took a couple of weeks off from this segment. Well, in the last round, we had a player fall from a great distance, and he was presumed dead. We all thought he was dead. Later that evening, while we were feeding the remaining competitors a steak dinner, some surf and turf, Nate came back. He was severely injured. I'm talking a few broken bones, shattered clavicle. He lost a lot of blood. He crawled. He crawled into the dining area, clinging on to life. So we patched him up. That's right. We nursed him back to health. And we've now got four competitors, an even number, conveniently even, headed into this final round. So similar to every round before this, I'll lay the groundwork for the event. And Matt will recap how everyone fared. And ultimately, who our winner was. Yeah, Nate's back. Nate survived the fall. Broke his fall. Good for him. Good for Nate. He fell first. And we thought for sure he was gone. Or little did we know that there was enough pep in that step to springboard, break, Tigger his fall. Um, Imagine Tigger's tail on the front of Nate's body. It's essentially what we're looking at here. Yeah, Yeah. classic case of broke his fall and he's back. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, The New Guy. You seen that movie? I don't think so. 90s. It's a 2000s movie. This kid's in high school and he gets embarrassed to high school, so he has to change high schools. The embarrassing thing that happens to him is his gets broken in front of people. We've got like a 90 degree. 
Nate had a 90 degree walked into the room. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he impressed a lot of people. He surprised a lot of people. All right, so for the final round, this competition was born out of our love for the game of football. So it made sense that that's where this would end today. And a little history here. In 1947, head coach Bud Wilkinson of the Sooners created perhaps the greatest sports drill known to mankind. That's the Oklahoma drill. If you aren't familiar with that drill, two players, they'll line up opposite each other, get in a four-point stance or whatever, and at the sound of the whistle, they will battle in the trenches in a test of strength, determination, tenacity, and sheer testosterone. And that's exactly what our competitors will be doing today. Matt, how they do? This is the front mess speaking. You can begin now. It's football sumo wrestling. It's what it is. We put rings, we put circles, put them each in their own circle. Also, I don't know if we're putting enough emphasis on how surprised we were that Nate did not die. Like, I know that we've mentioned it several times, but I mean, I'm still in awe of him not dying. What'd we say? It was a hundred foot fall? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Sorry. It's crazy. I can't get over it. Unbelievable and is seared into my mind. Just very convenient for this format that we're using here. It has nothing to do. We don't plan this, man. We just report on what happened, and this is what happened. All right, Oklahoma drill. So our last four competitors are as such. Nate, he's back. He's back. David, David's still alive. Julian's alive. Alan, I think Alan is the only one who played any real football in this group. So you got to like his chances. Kind of like his chances. A lot and of we, money right now from the dignitaries on Allen. We put Allen up against Nate um, just because, you know, Nate technically didn't win the last round. He just survived it. So we didn't want to give him. He, he's the last seed. He's the fourth seed at this point. Correct. So he had to go up against the one seed being Allen. And then David going up against Julian. Julian's got some strength in his past, though, that we know about. He, yes. he didn't wear thongs because it was a thong wearing competition. No. He wore thongs because he was in body building competitions. Poor Richter. Just fresh back to the show, back in our lives. And that's the first matchup that we watch is the 2-3 seed. And the whistle whistled, and David flew out of the ring. Almost looked like he was running the opposite direction, but he tried. Like, he definitely went mm-hmm. forward. I just, he didn't get very far. The effort Julian was there. Was, Julian was on him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. It was it was quick, and it was efficient, and he was done. Yeah, David was shot in the head by Tony. Allegedly, in case any uh, law enforcement are listening. The next one was crazy. Allen against Nate, right? Mm-hmm. The 1-4, one, 4-1 four, four seed, going against the 1 seed. They f***ed up. Like, he's, <laughs> he can't even get in a four-point stance. He yeah. has exposed bone. You understand? Yeah. Like, he, he fell so f***ing far. <laughs> he has bone protruding from his skin. Allen's like, I got this wiped up. But you know what Alan didn't account for? Exposed bone. Alan Sharp. wins the match, but at what cost? He gets sliced in like six places from elbows and shins. And it was not pretty, man. Alan won the round pushing Nate out of the circle after the drill started, but he was hurt. He was visibly injured. This was not this was not good for him. It's not the kind of win you want as the one no. seed. No, it's it's like when your quarterback Gets you to the Super Bowl, but he blows out his ACL diving into the end zone. It's like, we won this game, but shit. Who's coming in next? 
But there's no one. You can't. There's no swapping players. There's no subs. It's just Julian the Bodybuilder against Alan Greenhill with several lacerations from mm-hmm. Nate's protruding bones. That's what we're building up to. And the final matchup, we have the one seed against two seed. No surprise, Alan against Julian. That's right. Our resident thong expert. Our bodybuilding champion. And that's all he's wearing. That's all he's wearing is the thong. It's really, it's giving Greenhill problems. Greenhill's bleeding. Doesn't help his blood pressure elevated because Julian looks good in the thong. So he's got yep. It's the most confusing Alan's ever had his entire life. The whistle blows. There was a shine as well. I noticed a shine. Was he oiled up? I think he took time. We didn't, you know, there was all kinds of things around that we didn't tell them what they could or could not do. There's not a whole lot of rules in what we're doing. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. It's 58 West King Squid Games. But yeah, Julian oiled himself up. Greco Roman wrestling style, ready to go. I don't even think you can Greco Roman wrestle without oil. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the whistle blows. Alan takes a step forward, feels immediate searing pain where one of his lacerations are on his left leg, and Julian bulldozes him mm-hmm. out of the circle. Rand Alan's misery, put him out of his misery. You shoot him in the head. It's your job. I don't I don't like it, so you wanted to do it. Allegedly. Allegedly. And uh Julian, Thong, glistening, sitting in the middle of the ring, yelling because he just won the 58 West King Squid Games. It was awesome to see, you know, we spend a lot of time with Julian. He's our resident underground thong market expert right you know he keeps us up to date on the dating scene in in uh, colorado springs and the greater denver areas so julian congratulations on your hard-fought victory and you know try not to spend all of your earnings in one place you know because colorado sports gambling is legal i know you have fanduel i know you have DraftKings. you got mg what else you got barstool barstool sports bank Yep. We ask that you don't spend the money on a parlay. I mean, that's the only, if you've learned anything from this podcast or any other sports betting podcast, it's that you don't parlay. So please don't parlay yep. the money you want on this this competition. Never parlay. All right, Matt, what a ride. Any word on whether or not we'll be hosting another competition in the future? We killed all the people that were going to be in it. Unlikely that we will have another, but you never know. You never know. Julian kind of wanted to get back in the game. He got out. He was excited to win. He saw us trying to recruit some other people. And he said, nope, took the card from one of the people. And there's a good chance that he might jump jump back in the ring again. So we'll see, have to see what happens. The scene just cut there. He just has the card. We don't know what he did. Ripped his clothes off. We saw a thong. And then <laughs> fade to black. Credits roll. Whole nine. Yeah, we'll have to see if the 58 West King Studios picks it up for a second season. We're not sure yet. You tell us. We're not sure. Crowd, you tell us, audience. <laughs>
is like all Jupiter and Mars. In other words. 